For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Welcome back to another episode of The Mac Rumor Show. Hartley, good to see you. I feel like, I mean, it's been a week, literally the exact yep. same time frame, but like, yes, I've, I finally it's made it to Disney. For you. It did, it did. It does feel weird, right? Like, it's just, you're gone and you're not doing anything work-related. It feels like an eternity when you come back. It's literally been the exact amount of time that we normally talk to each other, but it feels like forever, man. I missed you. How's it going? Well, I, I appreciate it. Well, I've had a very similar experience this week because there's been almost no news. It's been such a quiet time in in sort of in the Apple sphere that I think everyone has had that feeling of it just going along at a snail's pace at the moment. Yeah, it's a pretty boring time of the year, let's just be honest. Um, I am in a blank void for today. Um, I wanted to get something that wasn't at my house and like up at the new studio. Uh, eventually, this will be better, but... As of right now, we're actually, we look the same. We have like two almost yeah. white walls. <laughs> looks like we're in the same room. Like, you can't, I could like, nope, I can't touch you. Yeah, nearly, nearly. Sorry, buddy. Uh, but let's jump right in to our first topic. And you mentioned it's been a slow news week. Uh, so let's just talk about how for iPhone 15, we're going to have to pay a little bit more money if you want to buy the latest and greatest. How do you feel about a nice price hike coming? The first time since the iPhone 10. Yeah, so it's a bit of a, a strange one because Apple has kept those prices locked in um, since 2017. So it seems inevitable that they've had to do it. But what the difference, I suppose, is when they introduced the iPhone 10, it was introduced as a new high-end model. So it kind of disguised the fact that prices were going up. Whereas this time, if it is indeed the case that they just hike the prices, it will be a lot more obvious if we look at a $100, $200 price rise. We actually don't know how much it will be, but um, it's roughly, accounting for inflation, around, I think, about $250 um, more expensive now um, for Apple to to provide an iPhone at that price point. So at some point, those profit margins have got to work for them. I get that. But it's it just, I don't know if, if maybe they should leave it until they provide something like the iPhone 16 Ultra or whatever that Ultra model becomes. Yeah. And then introduce that at the higher price point and then do a similar sort of thing that they did with the iPhone 10 because it makes it less noticeable. It makes it a little bit less painful. Yeah, and I mean... When we talk about price hikes, I, I really do want to know, like, so if you're listening to this, you know, rush to a, a keyboard and mouse and, and hit us up online there. I just sounded so old the way I said it. Though. Get to your computer, go to, go to twitter.com <laughs> and, uh, you know, hit us up at Dan Barbera at Hartley Charlton and, and let us know, do you buy your phones outright or do you, what I presume everybody else does or the majority of people and you pay monthly per carrier because... I mean, we keep saying this, like, what's another $10? What's another $10? But, like, that does add up. And so, you know, what are monthly prices for the pros? Like, right around 40 bucks a month, 30 to 40 bucks a month. So, I mean, now you'd be looking at $50 a month. Would you be on top of your plan? 
uh, let's just say you're on Verizon. I have a solo plan for Verizon for me. So that's like $80. So it's like $130 a month just to have one phone. And then if you got a family, that, that gets insane. So would you prefer at that point to buy your phone outright? I mean, it all equals out to be the same in the end. But um, Well, I suppose it's one way that Apple is pushing people to buy those uh, two standard models as well. Because the more expensive these pro models get, which take up some, you know 70% plus yeah. of the, the sales, they're, they're pushing people to accept those I don't know if you can call them entry-level models, but standard models, um, because they suddenly become a lot more palatable. If we look at something like uh, the iPhone 15 Pro Max, if that ends up starting at $1,400 or something like that, suddenly the iPhone 15 Plus to a lot of consumers at a sub-$1,000 price point becomes a lot more appealing. Um, but it really does depend on how you do it. Um, I mean, personally, I think the best strategy for buying an iPhone, if you can, is to buy it outright and then actually to sell it on a site like eBay. I think that's the best way to make your money back. Um, it's not trade-ins. It's not carrier contracts. Um, so it also really depends on, on how you like to do things, I think. Yeah, I mean, you're basically, you're going to lose money that way. But it's like, think about it in the way where you're just paying the same amount to lease it per month. You know, you can divide it that way but you'll probably get your maximum amount back that way. Um, I like to use Swappa.com, but their fees are getting insane too. Um, it's a little bit more trustworthy in my opinion still than eBay. I've had some horrific weird issues with eBay in the past that it's just sometimes not worth it, but I know it's very popular and a lot of people like it. But yeah, I agree with Hartley. That's the, that's the best way to go about it in my opinion. Um, and also wait like six months. If you can do it, like wait, Four to six months, or around the holidays, uh, Apple and carriers like to drop these like monthly discounts or like buy one, get one. And I mean, that is the best way, in my opinion, to really like take advantage of it. Um, but yeah, I mean, we're going to be looking at a little bit of a price hike for the iPhone 15, which is never good news, but it's news that we have for this week. So we're sharing it. Um, and the next bit of news, uh, and I'm catching up on all of this in real time because I literally just got back like last night. So uh, you can fill us in on these first real world look at the Apple mixed reality headset parts um, that we've seen in some leaked images, which I'm looking at. And I mean, I'm, I'm guessing we're looking at like the parts of the inside that goes over your face here, the way they have it laid yeah, out. So this is the this is kind of um the only giveaway because we don't explicitly know um that it is actually for the headset so what it is it's ribbon cables yeah but they are shaped to go clearly sort of around the eyes it's got a little it's got a little piece um that clearly is supposed to go over the nose over the bridge of the nose and yep. then two sort of larger sort of eyebrow shaped pieces and that forms one big long ribbon um that doesn't look like it's for anything else, and it doesn't match any other Apple parts that we've at least been able to to have a close look at through teardowns. Um, and it could just be to connect. It looks like what they use to connect a display, for example. Yeah, yeah. Um, and that it's just the shape of it that is is really striking. I mean, um, I suppose somebody could have like taken a bunch of iPhone ones and made it into this shape. Yeah, but I mean, we could do. It's. I, I'm inclined to believe that it's real because this comes from um, a leaker with a pretty good track record, definitely have unveiled some, uh, it's almost entirely component leaks in previous years for yeah. quite a long time now. So 
that does suggest that this is legitimate. However, we do have to kind of acknowledge the other thing that's a little bit weird about this leak. So it came out with another picture, which shows these three sort of um, uh, modules on another ribbon cable. Mm-hmm. Um, and that actually seems like it looks almost identical to the microphone array used in the original HomePod. Um, ah, yes. Yeah, so that that one does seem to not necessarily be for the headset, but the fact that they've come out together, maybe it's just a component that looks very, very similar, and it is the microphones for the headset. Um, maybe they're reusing some engineering. Maybe they're cutting costs. Um, there's 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 no way to really say, but nothing seems to match at least this first component. And as I say, this leaker does have a good track record. So it's just interesting because it, it's seeing that shape for the first time. And mm-hmm. it probably means that there'll be uh, a logic board that is also with that sort of uh, brow line shape. Um, and it's just, it's nice to see, you know, it probably means we're getting into mass production territory now for this device. It, it is starting to, if it is not already, just <sighs> starting to stack up in warehouses. Finally. It's, it's nearly there. It must be at least for early units that they would want to have to show off at WWDC. You know, those would have to be in production now, even in a small quantity. And they have to start getting into mass production about three months in advance anyway, although they're not actually expecting to sell all that many of them. So maybe they don't need to get that many of them, but I'm sure they've uh, they've calculated all of that. If you go over to MacRumors.com, you can see the pictures that we're talking about. Uh, also, if you scroll underneath uh, and you read some of the beautiful comments uh, there is somebody posting. I don't remember what movie. Is this in Alice in Wonderland with Johnny Depp wearing those glasses? <laughs> if that's what the uh, the glasses end up looking like, I'd be so happy. We would all look ridiculous. <laughs> I think they're going to look ridiculous. What whatever we do, I, I mean, think they're going to try and they're they're going to look like um like ski goggles. But the minute you have like, it will have an external display to show your eyes, to show some sort of facial expression. <laughs> so it, you're going to look like half, like this sort of half Memoji creature. Yeah. Um, we're going to look silly. But we, looked, we thought we looked silly with AirPods, didn't we? We look, well, that's true. And that's what, like, the power of mass quantities. Like, when everyone's wearing them, you really do feel like, oh, okay. Like, I don't feel as ridiculous to be wearing these because everybody else is. And they don't look that bad. And then over time, it's just becomes normal, you know? Um, And so I could see that. Like, VR headsets in general look absolutely ridiculous on your face, but they've been around for so long. They've all held a very similar, you know, shape and and kind of size. And um, so, I mean, I don't, it doesn't look that weird when people wear them anymore, at least not to me. I'm just so desensitized to it. So, um, yeah, I'm excited that we finally have some sort of image about this. Um, at least, you know, even though they're internal ribbon cables, it appears, but finally getting there. Hey guys, today's episode of the Mac Rumor Show is sponsored by ExpressVPN. Have you ever been searching online and maybe you're looking up something that you just don't want people to know about? Maybe you're a little ashamed of it. I mean, I know a lot of people listening are hardcore Apple fans. Let's say maybe you're searching for a certain Android phone and you're a little ashamed. I know what most of you are probably thinking. Why don't you just use incognito mode? Well, 
Incognito mode does not hide your activity. It doesn't matter what mode you use or how many times you clear your browsing history, your internet service provider can still see every single website that you've ever visited. And so that's why, even when I'm at home, I don't go online without using ExpressVPN. It doesn't matter who your internet service provider is, ISPs in the US can legally sell your information to ad companies. So ExpressVPN is an app that reroutes your internet connection through their secure servers so your ISP can't see the sites you visit. ExpressVPN also keeps all of your information secure by encrypting 100% of your data with the most powerful encryption available. Most of the time, I don't even realize I have ExpressVPN on. It honestly just seamlessly runs in the background, so it's easy to use. And all you have to do is tap one button and you're protected. ExpressVPN is available on all of your devices, phones, computers, and even your smart TV. So there's no excuse for you not to be using it. So protect your online activity today with the VPN rated number one by Business Insider. And you can visit the exclusive link in the description down below, which would be expressvpn.com slash Mac. And you can get an extra three months free on a one-year package. That's expressvpn.com slash Mac. So visit expressvpn.com slash Mac to learn more. And speaking of much more interesting, we have... Apple reportedly working on chat GPT-like AI, which we talked about uh, like a couple episodes ago. Yeah. Um, we can finally see what they're going to do, even though Siri is sometimes hot garbage. Uh, so what do you think about this? Do you think Apple is going to be able to overcome some of the pain points that they've had in the past with Siri and use this new AI craze that everybody's doing with chat GPT and make it better? I mean, I know we talked about this before, but... Well, I think it's going to take a really long time. Um, and there's some things about these reports that are interesting um, because this is a report from the New York Times. And it says that uh, at, at this AI conference that we discussed last time, Apple every year holds an AI summit um, for all of its employees. And at this year's summit, apparently they were discussing uh, language generation and language models. Um, and that they have people on the Siri team and in their various sort of AI teams working on language generation uh, on a weekly basis now. That is the rumor. But interestingly, Mark Gurman uh, seemed to suggest in a reply to our story that actually this was in some way wrong, that the New York Times was wrong. Um, and what lines up with that is uh, there was a report, I think it was from the Wall Street Journal a few weeks back, where they said that there was no mention of anything of this kind at the summit. So these are big publications. We're talking the, the New York Times and yeah. Wall Street Journal that are seemingly disagreeing about what was even said at this conference with thousands of employees. Um, but I think the, the thing that really seals this, that they are actually doing something, um, is it actually came out, I think it was yesterday, uh, that Apple is actually looking at building some sort of generative AI into Siri and the way that it's going to do it, and I, and I think this is believable because it's so little, is mm. for things like um, jokes in Siri, just to, just to sort of gently introduce functionality in a way that they feel they can control. So I believe Great. it's happening. I think they have to. Um, but yeah, so there's a bit of contention uh, in the, in the, amongst those that know, at least, about this. Have you seen... Spotify's like AI DJ? No. 
I just saw it for the first time. Uh, it's awesome. Like, it's really good. Uh, do you How, think how Apple, does it work? What does it do? So, so it's just like, it's an AI voice that goes through your like Spotify music library and picks what you like and then basically makes a radio show for you. So it's like, you know, starting off with whatever artist you listen to like the most and it'll be like, and then we're going to kick into, and then it like literally went to uh, the band All Time Low that just put out an album today. And it was like, we just put out, um, you know, they just put out an album today and they're going to be on tour. This like, it was like legitimately pulling information about the band up to date, sounds like a real person. And it's giving me a custom radio show DJ, uh, which was really, really cool. And I mean, do you think Apple could do something like that with music? I mean, oh, I'd, I'd love them to. I'd love them to. I think Apple Music is one of those areas where they really could leverage AI. If they're too scared to use generative AI in a uh, chat GPT style way because they don't know what it will generate and they yeah. don't want to really have to moderate that, music is the way to go. Um, absolutely. I mean, they did acquire a startup last year, I believe it was, which singularly uh, develops AI soundtracks, which could be, for example, for it could be used for fitness, uh, say. So you're in a, an Apple Fitness Plus workout and it will generate music based on what it knows you like, but that is artificially created music in real time. So we know they're kind of interested in using AI in the music space, but they need to get that Apple Music algorithm sorted first, I think. I think that's the, the sorest point of contention for me after using Spotify for a little bit. Imagine having this AI DJ for Apple Music Classical. <laughs> Like, here we go. We got a new hit from Bach. I don't think that's going to be possible. Uh, but <laughs> um, I think it was it was really cool. For those of you who have Spotify, it's kind of buried. And I had no idea this was a thing. Um, but if you, like, tap on the music feed, uh, it's, like, kind of front and center. And then there's an AI DJ, and it just goes through your most played songs and artists and shuffles and basically makes you a playlist with, like, a person talking to you. So that would be really cool if there's something like that that Apple can do. If you don't want to give us a way to it, you know, communicate so that we don't get some weird, crazy answers and a sentient AI being coming on your phone, like maybe you could do something with like, hey, I've seen you're at home and usually around this time you like to uh, turn the lights on and warm up the house to 72. Would you like me to do that? And then you can have a little conversation with it maybe to kind of like help you, I don't know, better commands, increase the awareness of Siri. I don't know. That'd yeah, cool. that's what it needs. Um, that was part. Well, that was one of the things that this report was discussing was the issues with just how Siri is built. That yeah. the way that Siri is made um, is that it's just a list of words and a list of phrases, and it takes six weeks to add new phrases. If they want to add new functionality, it can take six a whole year. Because if they add, if they want to add one word to it, it takes six weeks to add one word so to, they, they can't it's it, in order to if they if they did just want to put um generative ai even if they had it even if they had their own one that they weren't licensing from microsoft say they would need to completely rebuild the siri database from the ground up um and that's maybe why they're only sort of testing using it in some specific areas like jokes 
to start off with because it's a little a little way to introduce it but it, i think it is going to look like apple is getting behind people are saying oh wwdc they're going to show off all of this this new ai technology i think that's a fantasy i don't think but that's going to happen siri can already do jokes tell me a joke oh i have it that was so anticlimactic i have it to not speak out loud <laughs> if you want to know what the joke well, was it says i tried to eat a clock the other day it was really time consuming no. So, uh, so you're saying we'll no, get at least I, better jokes than that? Yeah, I, I think I think that would that's a pretty low bar to be honest. Yeah, it would have been cooler had that like whole little bit worked there where it actually spoke up. But yeah, but that's um, that's that's the embodiment of Siri, isn't it? it? Just never quite goes the way you expect. Well, that's a setting that I did myself, but maybe that's another way Siri can be better. Like, hey, I noticed that you're at work, and like, it might be cool or it might not be cool for me to speak out loud at you know or you're at home like it's probably fine for me to uh be able to to say something when you don't want me to, or when you want me to i don't know there's just there's so many areas of and room for improvement that like i don't know apple can't go wrong really one of the things that's always annoyed me with siri is it the way that it, it you it doesn't know to change its own volume based on how loud you speak yeah. which is r ridiculous to me because it's it's like if i if i operate my lights say in the middle of the night or it's in the late evening and things are quiet and then it's like shouting at me the, the response to the command and it's so stupid because it should know if i'm speaking to it in a in a in a quieter voice well, that 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 it also needs to lower its volume to match especially with a home pod with all of those mics and arrays and sensors yeah. like you should know there is no one else talking in the room there are no other sounds it is quiet so take the decibel level read it you know literally read the room and know that you should not be like yeah i did it i like you can't yeah. be yelling at us <laughs> you're welcome here are your lights i've turned them on for you and like you wake up the baby or whatever your you know situation might be yeah i can i can understand that yeah that this is but, why we're, we're more focused on the on the simple things with siri listen we just want we just want basic functionality <laughs> forget forget ai we just yeah want, you don't we just want the basics. you don't even need to jump into chat gpt just make this thing not terrible is all i care yeah. about like you know you can whisper to alexa and then it whispers back like that's great yeah um so our main story today has to do with what we're wearing in our ears right now which are airpods and no, there aren't new AirPods coming out right this second. But in the next year or two, Mark Gurman just recently shared with us um, over the weekend, last weekend, uh, that upgrade to AirPods will soon make them a, a better health tool, uh, which we've talked about in the past as well, um, that can sort of help you, you know, have the ability to get hearing data and to help you out with your hearing, which is great because... I can't hear in general. <laughs> uh, my hearing has declined really just dramatically over the last few years. Uh, and then yesterday on the plane, I'm all clogged. So uh, I'm in real time wondering how this will help with AirPods in the future. But um, why don't you walk us through some of the things that Apple is expected to do with our AirPods and our hearing and other health stuff in the next few years? So with hearing, we've already got a little bit of a taste of some of these features with things like Conversation Boost, uh, which allows the AirPods to amplify what uh, a speaker that is standing sort of directly in front of the, uh, the wearer of the AirPods is saying. And you can switch this on in accessibility and settings, and it works really well. 
Um, it's it's like an amplified version of transparency, but it's using those direction uh, those directional beam forming microphones to be able to amplify the sound in a very specific way and block everything else out from behind you. So really what we're talking about is more features like that. So even if they're not fully fledged hearing aids, they should be able to be a lot more useful if you do have a hearing impairment. Or maybe it's not even, a, maybe you, you're not quite, you don't, your, your hearing issues are not quite severe enough to actually require an expensive hearing aid, but you could just yeah. do with a helping hand when you have your, your AirPods in. That's possibly where this is going to start. But at a high level, one wonders if because the AirPods themselves have microphones that are located facing towards your ears to analyze sound, if it could even be able to begin to perform some sort of measurement of your hearing capabilities um, through an app or through some sort of accessibility setting so that you can tailor what the AirPods are actually giving you based on your hearing capability. At the moment, you can up, you can upload an audiogram um, to change your audio settings. But I would think it would be great if you could actually have the AirPods themselves take the audiogram. So it seems to be things in this area. Now, long-term, we've heard reports from, I think that's also a Wall Street Journal report, actually, that is saying that it is Apple's intention to basically get these sort of FDA-approved to actually be hearing aids in the long term. Uh, Obviously, battery life would have to be significantly better by that time uh, because a hearing aid wouldn't be very good if it only lasts for four and a half hours. Yeah, like if you could put it into like hearing aid mode where it only does that one thing, um, that would make the most sense. And then maybe it's like, if they can somehow figure out a way to make it like the equivalent of an e-ink display <laughs> to where it's like just minor amounts of of uh, uh, functionality going on so that it's not just wasting battery. Because at that point, what, you can hear for like two hours. <laughs> you, can, you can only hear for a few hours. If you put music on, you're in trouble. So um, yeah, that wouldn't be very useful. And then we've also seen things like um, just adding biometric health monitoring. Do you think that's still on the agenda or are they just going to be focusing on on hearing too? Because I thought it would be kind of cool to be able to monitor things like your temperature, your heart rate, you know, especially when you're working out, improve fitness and functionality there. Um, is that being pushed down the road or is that all going to be one kind of thing? I think the difference is that the hearing health features are something that could ultimately come through a software update because they are leveraging the existing hardware. Whereas when we're talking about features like body temperature measurement or heart rate sensors, that does require biometric sensors on a new version of AirPods. Sure. Um, Although there are still some things beyond hearing that they could add. So for example, posture measurement which would be a really useful, you know, when we're hunched over our desks all day, um, for your AirPods to even say your Apple Watch could tap you when you've got your AirPods in and tell you to sit up straight. Um, I mean, already there are some third-party apps that leverage that information because there are motion sensors in the AirPods. They're very accurate. And that is where the fitness element also comes into it. And now that Apple has activity rings in the fitness app, when you don't actually need an Apple Watch, it kind of makes you wonder if the long-term idea there is to be able to build in multiple ways of gathering this data, whether you're closing your rings from your watch or you're closing your rings from your AirPods, it doesn't matter. It's all closing the same rings. So 
but to go back to the, the biometric stuff, yeah, there's there's any number of things they could do with that. I mean, I think that one of the big things that could make a really big difference would be temperature sensing. Yeah. Because the temperature sensing on the Apple Watch Series 8 does not allow you to really see anything. Well, it doesn't allow you to see anything during the day. You can only see uh, percentage change overnight from a baseline level. Yeah. And that's because it's just in one place on your body. But if they've got three different places to get that data from and they can average that data, then it will be more accurate. So then maybe that is starting to enable body temperature sensing as we once thought we might be able to have it because you just need to be able to get this data from different points. I mean, how great would it be to be able to be, um, to be able to check your temperature at any point using something that should be highly accurate that you're constantly wearing, but not even just a check. Like, yeah, you're sitting there at your desk. You're like, I don't feel so good. I wonder if I've gotten like run into fever or whatever. How great would it be that it's just already actively monitoring that and is able to tell you before you even get to a point where you might like notice like, oh man, I'm not sure. I feel super great. Like, hey, your temperature is on the rise. Like it's steadily rising and you're, you're about to spike a fever here. Maybe you can jump at it, you know, a little bit quicker. You can get out of the office and stop the spread of any kind of germ potentially that you might be starting to develop in your body. Like think of the, the, the health benefits long term with this. Um, and then you may be able to get over whatever you might be getting quicker. You can get some medicine in you quicker. You can get some rest a little bit faster than maybe you might be thinking. How many times have you in your lifetime didn't even realize like, oh, I, I have a fever and like, I don't feel so great, but you kind of push on because you're not totally sure. And then by the end of the day, you're completely wiped. Fever's even higher and you just didn't bother to check because we don't have thermometers with us wherever we go. Now, of course, if your Apple Watch tells you you have a fever and you don't, <laughs> you don't want to be just out there taking medicine and ruining your body that way. So of course, you know, maybe have one nearby and check with another thermometer just in case, because I'm sure there are going to be times where I can see it now, just tweets out there. You have a 103 degree fever, but the guy feels totally fine. And it's like, oh, I, I don't think this is correct. You know, I can see all those tongue and cheek things that are going to happen, but um, I'd be totally down for more of the health. I mean, yes, my hearing, I've just complained about it being terrible. Uh, and so I'm all for that, but I'm much more excited for the biometrics and things that we can uh, do with our AirPods and our Apple Watch in conjunction. What was the third method that you were talking about? So AirPods, you said three well, different ways. Well, well, because you'd have two different AirPods. Oh, okay, so it's, okay. getting, it's getting data from two different locations. So the sure. issue with the Apple Watch is overnight, if that's, say, under some blankets, it's under your duvet, true, that true, isn't true. giving you necessarily, it's giving you an inaccurate uh, surface temperature measurement because, or at least an inaccurate body temperature measurement because of the difference of the surface temperature. Um, and say you're sort of kind of half in sunlight, uh, you yeah. maybe one side is facing a window, it would be better to have multiple data points to average it out. Uh, well, think about uh, like driving, goes, like I put my, my hand on, like I'm resting it on the window and it's always the one with my Apple watch. And if the sun's beaten down, like that hand always gets hotter just because the sun's shining right in. So that makes sense. Being able to have yeah. different points of measurement would be definitely beneficial. And that the same would apply for even things like heart rate. So heart rate is used to really power the vast majority of the Apple watches health measurements um, and health monitoring features, even fitness to some extent, because while it uses accelerometers for that, say your exercise ring is determined by your heart rate. 
Uh, and when we see these health studies that are done with the Apple Watch, the overwhelming majority of them singularly rely uh, basically on your heart rate. So if you have your heart rate being gathered in multiple areas of the body, you are going to get more accurate information um, because as accurate as it is from the wrist, if it can average that information from multiple points, it's obviously going to be better. And the machine learning capabilities of that are completely different. It even enables it. Let's say you have AirPods, but not an Apple Watch. Many more people have AirPods than an Apple Watch. So you're opening up all of these health capabilities, heart rate variability, maybe things like um, detection of atrial fibrillation, all of these things for a whole demographic of customers that just don't have an Apple Watch or maybe wouldn't be interested in one. Um, That's not to mention stuff like blood oxygen or... uh, I even... The respiratory rate uh, report from last year is interesting because it can apparently uh, be able to track your um, your in your inhalations and your exhalations. So yeah. I mean, for, that's from microphones though. That's the yeah. fascinating. So they could do that yeah. with existing AirPods, right? Um, and it's just it's just hearing it. So it's these really interesting ways of thinking about how the AirPods can actually be used. And I think we saw this to some extent with the Apple Watch, where when it first came out, I don't think people were entirely clear on just how useful it could be in actual health studies. Um, it's one thing for these features to be publicly available, but there's a, the Apple Watch is very frequently used in um, a lot of medical studies because it is so ubiquitous. And they know that it is a tool that they can reliably issue to patients at a relatively low cost compared to expensive equipment. So they use it all the time. Um, and that's why something like microphones in AirPods, if that was a software update that could just be released to get respiratory rate, if you had some sort of respiratory issue, that could be incredibly useful. Yeah. Um, so that, I think there's there's all of these areas and Apple is orienting itself in the long term to be more of a, a health-focused company. Uh, I mean, I think, I, I can't even remember what report it was, but at some point they were even considering opening physical hospitals. Um, that was a report from ages ago, yeah. <laughs> Um, oh. that's, that's how interested they are in health. Um, they, they realize that that is a market they can move into in a much more aggressive way because people will pay a lot. I mean, they've seen sure. that with the Apple Watch. People pay more for better health features. Um, people are happy to pay amounts of money that they would not pay for uh, generative AI necessarily, <sighs> but they would pay that for uh, their own health. So that's why they are investing so much in this. Um, and they, they ultimately are doing it way better than the competition can. I know that, you know, the Galaxy watches were there first with body temperature sensing, but more people have Apple watches, uh, more people have AirPods. And when you are training machine learning to be able to detect these things, it's just about how many people have them at the end of the day. Um, and if Apple says that you need to, you know, here's how you take an ECG on your Apple watch, more people will do it because you've actually got that hardware walking around with millions of people. I wonder so, how many people actually use plan. I wonder how many people actually use those extra features because I mean I've used them in the past just to check, you know, if my anxiety gets the best of me, sometimes I'll check and make sure I'm not having a heart attack or something even though it deliberately tells you it cannot measure whether or not you're having a heart attack. You know, if something's not feeling right, you can at least get a better sense of like, am I going into AFib, which I don't think that I you can do, but um, uh, it's just like, I wonder how many people actually use that on a regular basis. I'm guessing that number is pretty low because for me, I always like to recommend like the Apple Watch SE for people who are looking at getting a new Apple Watch. And so... 
it would be fascinating to hear like how many people actually use that. Again, I'm guessing that number is pretty low. Um, it's more towards people who already have those pre-existing conditions that probably bought the watch for that reason. But it's nice to have all of those things on there just in case. Um, and another thing I wanted to point out was when you were talking about the like closing your rings and stuff or just being able to track that, how many times have you started a workout or you know forgot your Apple Watch and you're on a walk or a hike or something? You're like, damn, like I'm not going to get credit for this and I want to be able to track all of that data and stuff. Like It would be great if you had your AirPods or another form with you, you can be like, oh, I'll just toss those on and be able to track my steps and uh, be able to get some some data that way. And, and maybe you don't want to wear your watch for something, but you still want to exercise without it. Um, and you're listening to music. Like It's just another way to have that um, data be on your phone for later and to, and to look at it. And so I'd be 100% cool with that. And again, for people who don't have an Apple Watch but have AirPods, they can kind of get into the fitness game at least in Apple's point of view. Well, it really helps to address the battery life issues. So, you know, I'm sure we've all had it where our, our watch is dead, but we want to use it for a, a workout or something like that. So, right. yeah, definitely. Um, but to your other point about uh, how, how many people are really using the blood oxygen and ECG features, I think my perspective on it is it's like an insurance policy. It's not so much that you buy it if you know you're going to use it to monitor an existing condition, although there are people that do that. Yeah, I think it's that it's more like if you felt, uh, say, you, you felt something like a flutter in your heart, you felt something wrong, then you could immediately go and check and actually catch it on an ECG in a way that you wouldn't be able to um, if you then went to your doctor two or three days later Um and then they're going to say, you know, we don't know what happened days ago, but you can do it then and there and you can catch it. Um, and the same with blood oxygen, maybe not so much, um, but definitely for ECG, because you often can feel if something is wrong with your heart, if something is wrong with your heart rhythm or it's skipping a beat or something. Um, and if you if that keeps happening to you every week or on a regular basis or whatever it may be, the fact yeah. that you can just flick over to the ECG app and actually detect it on that graph and then export that and show it to your doctor. I think that's really where it comes into its own. It's it's not so much, um, there are a minority of people that use it, but like the, you're kind of in that peace of mind. Yeah. I still feel like I have to recommend the Apple Watch SE for people who ask me which Apple Watch to get. Well, it's but, a great price. Yes, yeah. It is. Um, and realistically, what you get for that extra money you don't really need. The vast majority of Apple Watch users don't. I feel like I'm in this weird scenario with the Apple Watch where I would suggest people to get an SE or an Ultra. And the Ultra is simply for battery life. Uh, it was pretty incredible. Like over this last week, uh, I was using it. I don't use it to sleep, but I was for this past week to have silent alarms because I was in a room with like my whole family and we didn't want to wake the kids at 6 a.m. And so I was trying to wake up at 6 a.m. And I was like, all right, I'll just put my watch on. And I didn't, using it all day, uh, it's tracking steps and everything all day. It's doing, you know, using it for messaging and go to bed, still have enough to wear it overnight, charge it briefly in the morning, still have enough to do the same thing the next day. Like, it's insane battery. And if you're someone who's in that, you know, scenario a lot where you need that type of, I don't know, level of battery, I guess, uh, then you should go ultra and you get all the other features that you get with it. It's just a bigger watch and Hartley doesn't get it in stainless steel. And so he's a sad boy and doesn't want to use it, but I love it. Anyways, we're still talking about AirPods, but they're, to me, they go both, they go hand in hand. 
and they yeah, will like go the, in. The, the, it's because the AirPods are sort of mirroring. They're becoming more Apple Watch-like. Mm-hmm. Um, that's the long-term plan. Accessory. And you can bet they're going to be more expensive. You can bet that this is a way. If Apple well, can say to you, now your AirPods Pro, your AirPods Pro 4, um, or your AirPods Pro 3, whatever, well, by the time we actually get these features, um, and they're saying, oh, well, now it's detecting biometric health, and it's able to unlock these things that your watch can't currently do, or in combination with a watch, you're able to do things that you simply couldn't before, but that's going to be an extra $200. They're going to find a way to push AirPods up to like 450 easily. That's, that's um, insane. I mean, it's just the pros. Obviously, they'll have cheaper versions, but... Well, they're working on apparently $100 AirPods. Um, that it's in the works. That they they are working on uh, AirPods at that HomePod Mini price point. So I think that it makes sense when you look at it like that. Like you've got AirPods SE um, at the at the hundred dollar price point for everyone, and then if you want to go and spend five hundred dollars on your biometric measuring AirPods, um, then by all means. Um, so I think that's that's where we are with with health tracking. Um, I do wonder though with AirPods Max that because of the form factor, if they would be able to leverage that in a different way because obviously that's not going in your ear. So they they wouldn't be able to use that for biometrics in quite the same way, but maybe that would be better for something like hearing health because then maybe you could detect an audiogram better. So I wonder if they'll get to the point where different AirPods are giving you different health features and it's a way to encourage you to buy both AirPods Max and oh, AirPods boy. Pro. Do you think there's anything they could do with the band? Is there any kind of biometric we can get from the tops of our heads? <laughs> could that be used for temperature? You know, heat, more heat? I don't know. I'm just trying to figure that out. Measure, measuring your brain waves. Oh, that's getting a little too crazy for me. Well, I don't know, something like that. I, I, I honestly don't know in the long term what, what they are able to do with these things, but it just makes sense that when they're putting them on your head, there is a lot that they can they can ultimately do with that. You've got hearing. You've obviously got actual biometric health. Um, but it, I I know I, I kind of I'm only saying that half joke, jokingly with like brainwaves. So have you ever done these games where you put on like a little headset and it's it's like no. it's reading something? No. And you and you can do and it's like you you push a ball with your mind. No. <laughs> that sounds no, these, cool these though. Are, what kind of games yeah, no, are you these, playing? These, no, these things exist. Like you, you can buy them, or they have them in like science museums. Or um, I actually did it when I was uh, when I was in the US uh, the last time. And yeah, so obviously you are able to detect these things. I but don't understand it. There's a science center like right outside my door, <laughs> uh, and I'm just looking at it. That's what reminded me of it. Um, I have done something like that there. They have something like that. Where you can put that on and, and and use your brain. I completely forgot about that. It's been years since I've been there. Yeah, so. but it exists, right? That technology has been around for a long time. So it kind of makes me wonder if we're really going, if we're really taking this to an extreme now of like the long term, what they could do. And that AirPods Max headband, why couldn't they put something like that technology in it and then you use that to control the headset as an additional input mechanism? Yeah, where do you think it puts us with? Uh... Like the with the the headset, like the goggles. Why am I can't? I, we don't have a name for it, so I still don't know what to. Well, it's called Reality Pro. Right, that's. But right. it's it's weird to start calling it that. I feel oh, yeah, I like, don't feel ready to start calling. It's not it like an official Pro. name, so like I yeah I don't I know there's other things out there, but what are, what are we gonna do with the headset, the AR VR headset? Like, where's that gonna be in conjunction with AirPods and 
and um, your Apple Watch in the future for health. Like, there's got to be a tie-in somewhere there too. Eye health. Eye health. Eye um, health. Ugh. Well, they they the AirPods, um, the uh, the Reality Pro headset is supposed to feature iris scanning, mm-hmm. um, and that is going to be used for things like Apple Pay or purchases. It's for authentication, um, and I think the uh, the Meta Quest Pro already has this i think or no that's eye tracking that's eye tracking but iris scanning i think very expensive new technology that is in this headset that is part of the reason it is contributing to this three thousand dollar price tag now maybe not in the first version of the headset maybe not in the second version but if that is scanning your irises could it at some point also actually scan the back of your retinas could it actually um, detect, you know, your, your the interior of your eye and the and the health of the the inside of your eye. Look at the blood vessels there, um, and actually be able to perform some sort of scan. Wouldn't isn't this like counterproductive? Like, hey, here's how bad your eye vision is, but also look at these screens directly in front of your eyes. <laughs> We're contributing to the reason why your eyes are poor. But well, I hope I do hope with the headset that they do have some kind of thing where it does encourage you to take it off because I can't think of anything worse than just people keeping that headset on for six hours a day. I hope you're not using this headset for six hours a day. I, I hope, hope you're not I... using it for, for two hours continuously. An hour seems like a lot to me, but you know, yeah, that's because I'm used to those headsets that like just make me feel sick after a half hour. Um, I could yeah. do like basic things and watch videos and browse. The, well, once we start getting new into a game, like I feel gross for about 30 minutes in. So I think an hour is probably good. Take a break, go see the real world for a little bit, then come back to it. Um, yeah, I'm excited about the future of AirPods and its health features and like how it ties in with all these other products. The headset's going to be interesting as well. You said eye health, by the way. Do you think Apple dropped the ball by not calling the Apple Watch the iWatch? A uh, little random question that I think about every once in a while. Right. So, see, I think about this too. And you can't help but think about it sometimes because so many people still call it, call it an yeah. iWatch. Oh, I have. And it makes me cringe and I don't I know, know it's, why. It's, it's a way to make anyone that's sort of an Apple enthusiast furiously angry. It's the call an Apple Watch and like, iWatch. Like I know, like I know at first, it still made me cringe when it first came out. And I would just like, oh, you mean the Apple Watch? Okay, like you just kind of subtly correct them. And that was like, it's a new product. So I'll, I'll give it a break. Like y- y- any normal human would think an iPhone, an iPad, iPods, like you would think it would be called an iWatch. It makes total sense. It's been how many years now? It's been eight years. <laughs> like, yeah. can we... Well, nine can years we, since it was introduced, uh, yeah, since it was we, unveiled. Can we get the name correct, please? Like, it's been nine years now. We're almost a decade. We can stop calling it iWatch. And we can... But but it leads me to believe, like, why didn't Apple just call it the iWatch? I don't like I the name. I think it's because iWatch was owned by uh, Swatch. It was a trademark issue. Um, or, and we don't know whether they would have called it that because they've moved away from the whole eye naming scheme anyway. I mean, what was the last product they actually unveiled that was eye, eye something? I don't remember, it might, but it must have been at least, I don't know, like a decade ago because all of this stuff came out in the, the Steve Jobs era. I don't know if there's been anything under Tim Cook that has been an eye product, unless I'm forgetting something. You know, you've got Apple Music, you've got... Um, uh, you've got obviously 
Apple Watch, you've got things like AirPods. They're not. So you so you not, think any new product under Tim Cook was named not with the I in front of it? That I think they made a conscientious decision um, a long time ago to drop that naming. I can't remember what it was. It'd be interesting to find out yeah. what the last i product was but all of the when you think about it iphone ipad imac icloud all of this stuff to me is from like over a decade ago i'm struggling i'm probably missing something obvious but i can't think of anything off the top of my head that has been a new i thing for a long time um so maybe even if they had had the the trademark um for it they maybe wouldn't have done it. And I think also if they were trying to present it as a more premium thing, which they were when they first unveiled the Apple Watch, you know, they were they were making it out of 24 karat gold and charging you $10,000 for it. Yeah. And they were making it out to be a high-end device. Even the stainless steel ones, they wanted it to stand up to um, at least sort of mid-level um, mechanical watches, not quite luxury watches, but they wanted to kind of give you a taste of that feel, even in the way that they were uh, boxed and presented in the bands and all of that kind of thing. And I think that Apple Watch, obviously, sta- it sounds more uh, it sounds more premium than iWatch. iWatch kind of sounds like a little plastic watch. It doesn't sound like a It does. Like a it sounds like thing. a goofy, like like everyone makes the jokes about like Inspector Gadget or like James Bond or whatever people who use smartwatches in those movies were. But like it does kind of sound like that. And it does sound a little like kiddish to call it an iWatch. Um and it would get tired, you know, if they if they named everything I like this if, if this if this headset was like iVision. And well, the Apple TV was supposed to be called ITV, but they again couldn't get the rights to that because that's the name of a British TV network. Oh yeah, yeah. So yeah. they couldn't call it that. Um, so that's why that's so, where Apple TV came from. I don't know if I can keep this in, but when didn't Arnold own AppleWatch.com? Yeah, I think he did. Yeah, so I just went I to it, and I, it's Apple now. It goes directly to Apple. Did he sell it I to think them? That, um, yeah, but he he still owns others. So I think MacBookAir.com. Yes. Uh, Do you think he'd care if we left if we talked about this? I don't think he would care. No, I think it's public knowledge. It's hilarious. Oh no, he must have sold. So good for you, Arnold. Maybe we can have him come on one day and see how much he and tell us how much he sold it to Apple for, <laughs> because MacBook Air now redirects to Apple. And AppleWatch.com now redirects to Apple, unless he forgot to renew the domains, in which case I'm going to be very sad for him. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's, I'm sure he's done this a load of times because yeah. he uncovered the name of the iPad from trademark filing. So I think he also did it with the iPad because he, he worked a out. Brilliant move. Why are we not doing this? I, I mean, we should do it with like Reality Pro. Well, that's what should... I was just looking at. Hold on a second. <laughs> Now, Reality Pro is parked free, courtesy of GoDaddy.com. I can get the domain. I'm going to do this right now. It's I bet only it's six, expensive. It's only no. Oh wait, no. It's only Reality Pro is taken. Somebody owns it. Yeah. No Although, surprise. hold on a minute. Hold on a minute. There's a. I don't know how this works. There's a broker service fee, sixty nine ninety nine plus commission. Oh yes. That, that that doesn't mean they will get it. It just means they'll try to. They'll try. So reality-pro.com, I can get for $4,990. Realitypro.media, I can get $7.99. That's not bad. Uh, Realitypros.com is not great. That's $1,799. Like like (laughs) $1,700. 
Okay. iReality Pro, $4,990. So yeah, for those of you out there who are thinking about <sighs> jumping on the Arnold Kim bandwagon, which by the way, if you guys don't know, he's the owner of Mac Rumors. So, um, and he is a very smart man to, to buy AppleWatch.com uh, back when he did. And I didn't know he had MacBook Air. Did he have others? I think he had. A, I don't. I actually wasn't sure about Apple Watch, but I, I'm pretty sure he owned MacBook Air. Oh, at some point. I thought it was Apple and, Watch. And a few so. others. I don't remember. That he definitely had a few. You know um, what? We're gonna have him on one day. Maybe that's a spoiler. Maybe that's not. And we'll have to talk about that. We'll have to put that down. Um, anything else you want to touch on for the AirPods? I mean, it's kind of a light news week, so this is going to be a shorter show. But no. No, yeah. I think I'm. I think uh, like we, we've we've. I think we've somehow managed to exhaust this topic. Should we do uh, a Should we do a live unboxing of the yellow iPhone? <laughs> you have a, you have the yellow I, iPhone. I do. I got it over while I was gone. It showed up, and uh, I have. Are, are you excited? Yet. Are you more excited for this than oh, any other app you've ever had? If you're listening to this, if you're listening to this in your car, pull over. <laughs> Go to the YouTube version and uh, check out the live unboxing of the new. I just threw that on the ground. Of the new yellow iPhone. This is uh, this is I a Mac Rumor Show the, exclusive. The comments. Oh wait, wait. I can on. hear the comments already. Just what? rage that we are still talking about this iPhone. Wait, wait, wait. Oh, that wasn't as good. Hold on. No, I, no, I heard it. It's like, it's like ASMR, isn't it? Oh, you know what? This is a great opportunity to really piss people off. Uh, on the um, HomePods video, I opened the tabs the wrong way. Yes, yeah. and it annoyed everyone. <laughs> it, I think it annoyed you too, and that's fine. So check this out, guys. Who's all, Oh, I can't do Oh, no, yes, I can. Who's angry? This is the wrong tab. Oh, no, don't do it. I did it. Oh, that's just, it's wrong. It's wrong. Yeah. This is, this, is, this is why we don't get invited to Apple events now. This is a slow news week. Wow, it is yellow. <laughs> that's my... Uh, that's my... <laughs> it really Imagine is yellow. Imagine my surprise. Wow, it really is yellow. I kind of like it, actually. I don't know. I don't know that I would carry this on a regular basis, but I kind of... Here. ASMR for you. Um, yep. That's a yellow phone. And that is our first ever unboxing of a product on the Mac Rumor Show. I, I hope that was as great for you as it was for me. And uh, with that, we will catch you guys all in the next episode. Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. Tax day is coming. Oh, no. But if you sign up for Robinhood Gold's IRA with a 3% match, you can get up to $195 for the 2023 tax year. Oh, yeah. Sign up at Robinhood.com slash Boost by Tax Day to get the biggest contribution match on the market. Subscription fees apply. 
Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Robinhood Financial, LLC, member SIPC.